one time at game. I was at Epicos Comic Book Store in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I was there with my friend Rob, and the two of us were there because they were having a 48-hour role-playing game weekend where the store was staying open for two and a, like two and a half straight days uh, just to do nothing but hosting role-playing games. But when we got there, uh, they were in between a lot of games, and so there wasn't one for us to join. So Rob, who has not really collected comic books in a long time, asked the folks working the store if there was a really good comic that he could pick up to read. And they said, well, everything's good. And, of course, he followed that up with, I mean really good, like an old Grant Morrison or, or Ellis or Bendis. And he was directed to a book by a guy named Donnie Cates. Uh, he was specifically told that Cates was hot right now. So hot. So hot. And the book was called God Country, and it was about a guy with Alzheimer's who <laughs> finds a magical sword that belongs to the gods, and it cures his Alzheimer's when he's holding it. But the gods wanted it back. Basically, our night of role-playing kind of ended up being a night of comic books, all centered around this guy named Donnie Cates. And today, we ended up at Epic Comic Con, which is run by Epicos, and you'll never believe who's here. All right, roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better than... We're not better podcasters than you. We just seem like we have no experience. And But maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. We are not joined by Jason, the, the favorite today, because he is working at TVA, the man... But I am joined by Carrie, who is the legend. And a woman. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, that I was did. very clever. Uh, I am clever sometimes. I am Ryan. I am the curmudgeon. And uh, we're going to just sort of race through really quickly to get to the meat since we are at this convention, the Epic, Epic Comic Con, or the Epic Comic Convention. Um, but, uh, real quickly, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. We're on Twitter at honorrollpodcast. You can find us, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast. You can email us, hosts, hosts. at honorrollpodcast.com. Uh, and, of course, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. And you should all go there and support us. But before we get into the meat, uh, let's get a report on our Patreon back- backers. Uh, do we have anybody new? Nobody new. That's okay. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. But uh, who do we have? We have a ton of people. Yeah? I don't have the list in front of me. We have Cameron Pruitt. Oh, I like Cameron. He's my favorite. Yeah, and Lost Colonies. They're, they're also, they're, not, they're my favorite colony that isn't found. And Ryan Martin. Ryan's my favorite, Ryan. And Drew Stevens. Dr- Drew's my favorite, Drew. Brian Fox. I like Brian Fox. He's my favorite Brian. Uh, we've also got She Who Shall Not Be Named. Who is my favorite unnamed person. And finally, we have Noah Coltrip. Who, who is my favorite new newest Patreon we have. Favorites of the new. 
Yes. All right. If you want to shout out on the podcast, you can do so by helping keep this podcast running and on the air, helping us pay the bills. Pay those bills. Uh, if, if, if we, you know, if our Patreon goes up enough, Jason won't have to work for the man. Uh, He'll just come here and work with the woman. That's right. <laughs> so you could do that at patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. Uh, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were not at this convention recording a podcast. Although it feels like we've been at a lot of conventions recording a lot of podcasts. It's true. Um, but uh, I've got to be honest, we've been so busy and with Jason working and us working and Carrie kind of pushing her the results of her Kickstarter and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've been pretty busy. I have. Yeah. So, um, I guess then let's go ahead and just head straight into it and go to combat rounds. Oh, okay. All right, we are at the Epic Comic Con. Uh, it's so hard to say. It is. It's kind of awkward to say. <laughs> uh, but we are joined by Donnie Cates, who is, uh, I was, you were described to me last night at a comic book store as so hot right now. So <laughs> hot. <laughs> I'll um, take it. I was, uh, my buddy and I were at, at Epicos actually last night, and he picked up God Country oh, cool. uh, in the, the trade paperback. Mm-hmm. And uh, he read it this morning and actually posted about it and said that it was like the best book he'd read in years. Oh, great. That's um, awesome. So, and I love, uh, I love the concept of it. Uh, and so I want to like the concept, but it just seems like it, I'd be upset. Oh, it's going to upset you for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. No. It's going to make you cry for sure. No, I don't need to cry any more than I already yeah. do. People come and buy it from me, and they say they're going to read it on a plane ride home. I was like, do not read it on a plane. <laughs> you know, weep in front of people. Right. So you've, you've written a lot of stuff, uh, and as I said, you are so hot right now. Uh, you've written uh, some. You've written Thanos. Yeah. Uh, you're doing Marvel Knights right now, yep. the new launch of Marvel Knights. Um, of course, God Country, Redneck. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it plural or is it single? It's Redneck. Everyone calls it Rednecks. It's Redneck. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, they always come in packs. Sure, right. Cosmic Ghost Rider, you were just talking about that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I missing any other big ones? Venom. Venom? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy next year. Uh, you did not create Venom. I Unfortunately, <laughs> no, I didn't. He's my stepson. Um, and what else have I written? Jesus. Uh, I wrote a bunch of stuff at Dark Horse. I wrote a book called Buzzkill, a book called Paybacks. The Ghost Fleet. I wrote a book at Heavy Metal called Interceptor. That has a sequel right now at Vault called Reactor. I wrote some Star Trek. Uh, Jesus. Uh, some other stuff. Uh, I think that's it. Is that it? That's a lot of stuff. It feels yeah. like it. Yeah. It's so hot. <laughs> so hot right now. Very hot. <laughs> um, so how did you get into to, to writing in general? Um, well, you know, I've been reading comics since I was old enough to read. My dad taught me how to read using issues of Spider-Man uh, and Green Lantern, actually. Um, and so it's kind of the first language I ever spoke was comics, right? Right. Um, but I never wanted to be a writer. I, I didn't actually want to create comics at all. I was just a huge fan for the longest time. And then um, in 20... 2005, 2006, I ran a chain of comic book stores in Austin, where I'm from, and uh, I ran them into the ground. <laughs> and then when they went under, I was just so enamored with being in the industry, and I, I, I spent all day, every day, in, around comics and talking about comics and talking about story every day, that I was just so taken by it. And I was a, I was a decent artist, still am, um, and I, I, I would draw and I would sculpt. Um, and I actually, I actually grew up um, sculpting Venom um, because um, my 
my folks weren't super well off or anything. We weren't poor by any stretch of the imagination, but we couldn't afford all the cool Venom toys and stuff. I grew up obsessed with Venom. <laughs> and so I actually sculpted my own toys and stuff because I just wanted them. And so I sculpted a, a, a ton of them. So anyway, I, I, I went and my comic book shop shut down. I applied to go back to college. Uh, I had gone to college or I was out of high school but dropped out um, to chase a girl. Um, <laughs> the best story. The, the, the most likely of stories. Um, and so I went back to art school. I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design to be a penciler to, to, to try and... Oh, art school. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, and I, I ended up being in classes with um, a guy named Jeff Shaw who I ended up doing God Country with and Thanos with and Guardians of the Galaxy with and Buzzkill with and Paybacks with. That's awesome. Um, and I got Guy named Trad Moore, uh, who's a huge artist in the, in the industry that I may or may not be doing a book with next year, um, and so uh, confronted with these guys' incredible art, I instantly gave up that dream uh, because I I could have worked for thirty years and not been as good as those guys were their freshman sure. year, right? You could be a great artist and be surrounded by people who are awesome. Artists yeah, right. And yeah, no, I, I totally. I, I went to school and I was two years behind Bob Ross. Jesus, no. Yeah. Alex Ross. Alex Ross. I was like, Bob Ross. Not Bob Ross. for your age. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. That was Alex Ross is a Texan as well. Yeah. 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 Um, she's, she's in one of his books as a model. Is that true? Yeah, because he, he'd show up back to the to the American Academy of Art, and he would just take pictures of the students to use no in his shit. books. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the big Superman... Uh, Peace on Earth. No, I love that and He's the homeless girl. That he, you know, the, 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 the poor, thin, homeless girl. I'm like, I've got chubby cheeks. What are you doing? You know, That's but, amazing. How cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, I much like you, I was... I was, I was, I was daunted by this incredible talent. At the the same time, um, you had to take mandatory writing classes, Um, and so I had a write. And this is 2010. I I'd never written a word in my life, and I had a thanks, buddy. I had a writing instructor named Mark Neese who took me aside after a class and said that he was like, "You could be good at this if you wanted to be good at this." And so I started to try and be good at it. I'm still right. trying, um, and I I kind of just I fell in love with writing then, and then ended up getting an internship at Marvel uh, the like the summer that summer, and again that was 2010. A lot of people. My critics sometimes say that I, I, I'm I a bit of a silver spoon because I got this internship and of course I got hired because I was an intern right as complete horseshit because um, they don't they, there's millions of interns who don't end up writing sure Venom yeah. like, right yeah. what do you do as an intern for Marvel you mostly uh, it's, it's a lot of weird little odd jobs if you're in editorial you're actually for me it was like writing boot camp is I write all of the recaps like all like the previously in X-Men oh, okay. those first oh, pages fun. Uh, fun until you have to write a thousand of them sure, yeah. in a day <laughs> um, and then you 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 update the Wikipedia um, so you have, you have to read everything and then but really what it what it did for me was and you do research so if a writer is like I need to know what costume Janet Van Dyne wore in 1974 then that's a me job, right? Um, and so I'm I'm so hard on interns now. Uh, I, I I gave an intern a, such a terrible job like last month. I was like, I need a complete index of every single character who has ever worn a symbiote. 
You just, oh. it, which is such a shitty job. Right. Um, but because I did that job, I have, you think I'd be nicer? I'm meaner because I did that job. I know that you guys screw around all day. You're fine. Right. Um, so I, I, but what, for me, really, what, what it did was it, it, so I was already kind of being taught how to write, like all the, all the, all the, the, the basics of writing. Um, but then you kind of butt that up against the internship, which taught me the breakneck speed that comics have to be made at. Right. Because everything is last second, right now, right this second, right? Um, and so it, my 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 editors, my editors were uh, Sana Aminat, uh, Jordan White, and Mark Panicia. And it took me five years from that internship of going out there and making my own indie books and trying to get people's attention to for Marvel to finally notice me. And I was their intern. Right. So, like, they weren't just handing out jobs. It took five years, you know? Right. And so it wasn't until I did God Country at Image that I got their attention. And Axel Alonzo was the one who read it and liked it. He didn't. He had forgotten that I was an intern. Like, it had, <laughs> it, it had zero factor at right. all. I mean, the only thing that it ever did for me was that it, uh, once I got the job, my first job at Marvel was Thanos. Um, my my editor on that book was Jordan White, who I was an intern for. So we had a bit of a back and forth that made things easier to talk about it. But that's it. That's it. So I, 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 I say all that to say that, like, it's... Uh, it, 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 people think that I got that job because I got my internship. If anything, it just means that, like, even with all the advantages that I had with them, it's still so fucking hard, right? right. You know? <laughs> so we, uh, it, a lot of people listening might might wonder, why do we have a comic book guy on our podcast about role playing games? Uh, especially, you don't play role playing games. I don't. <laughs> you should start. I know. Okay. In all your free time. Um, <laughs> but uh, the reason we've got you here is because telling a good story is a universal thing sure. and stories are important to role playing games mm-hmm. and so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about crafting a good story sure. and, and how to go about doing that mm-hmm. so what is your process like for coming up with ideas oh god <laughs> um I, I, I don't know man um I try and start with trying to have something to say um you know I've done a lot of books that are more or less popcorn books just like you know big you know uh, action adventure books stuff like that that was really more when I was first starting Um, but I like five years ago I almost died I was like hospitalized for some shit and uh, when I came out of it my writing completely changed because uh, all of a sudden I had things I needed to talk about right. and things yeah. that I, 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 I didn't have to search for like what the meaning is of stuff. I started with a meaning and like extrapolating backwards from that, right? Um, so I think that our well, okay, so I'm torn on this, right? Um, <laughs> because I think that as artists. Um, our job is sometimes twofold, and half of our job gets a little um, ridiculed, and the other half of our job is like lauded and things. Let me explain. Um, so, a lot of times, I believe that as artists and storytellers, it's our job to 
present the world and present our view on the world and and talk about uh, things that are happening in the world and be a kind, of a, a kind of a mirror, right? And like talk about you know the political climate and 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 fight for change and try and make people people aware. That's kind of our responsibility as artists, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but also, I also firmly b- believe that sometimes it's also our job to provide escape tunnels and not talk about any of that shit mm-hmm. and just have fun stories. Right. And so in that way of thinking, I say this all the time and people uh, don't agree with me a lot, but in that way of thinking, I think that like um, a searing piece of like political intrigue or um, something that holds up a mirror to society is very important, but so is the Fast and the Furious franchise because right. it provides mm-hmm. a valuable service so you can just turn that shit off, yeah. right? Um, and so I kind of stride the line between those two things um, with a book like Venom, which is kind of my, my, my most prominent work. I, I, it, it is intensely personal. Uh, it's, it's me kind of talking a lot about. Um, so I'm five years sober. That thing that I got hospitalized for is the impetus okay. for all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Venom is very much me dealing with addiction and dealing with those, those kind of things. So he's the kind thing, of a metaphor. Well, yeah, I mean Eddie, Eddie's wearing his demons on the outside, you know, right. and he's a dude who has a who ostensibly wants to be a good person, but has this thing hanging on him that makes him do bad things. Right? right. That's addiction. Yeah. Um, at the same time, he also straps on machine guns and fights a dragon. Like, <laughs> you know, you, it's one for you, one for me. Yeah, right? no, so I, absolutely, yeah. I, I, I try and stride that line. Uh, I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but it's... You absolutely it's, it's not a super answerable question, though, right? Because, like, the the God's honest truth is when people ask me where to get your ideas from or all, all these things, I think I probably speak for most writers when I say I have no fucking clue where they come from, and I wish I could turn them off. Right. I wish that they would just stop coming some, sometimes, you know? Um, especially when you're in the position that I am right now, I'm, I'm exclusive at Marvel, and I will be for the next five years, uh, is my job to be at any given moment handed a character and say, do something cool with that. And so you're always kind of poised and like stressed out because you yeah. don't know. And so you have like, they'll be All like, these backup things in your mind. Yeah, you're always just like, you're always cataloging things. Like, I'll walk around a show like this and walk past a, 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 a be like, oh, X Factor. And I'll just like walk around and be like, what the fuck could I do with X Factor? Like, <laughs> how could I make that cool? You so know? do you read every comic that Marvel does then for that purpose? No, I, 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 it depends. If I'm in a research phase, then I will. Um, they give me everything. They give all of us everything uh, in PDFs, and so I have a, I have a f- folder in my Gmail that is just a thousand books. Right. Um, and so, like, if I'm gearing up for a new book, I'll, I'll absolutely go. I don't have time to read everything every month. That's a I, lot, yeah. Well, the, 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 the shitty thing about getting into comics that no one tells you is that you will no longer have any time to read comics. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's it's. I imagine it's the same thing with, with what you guys do and, or with what anyone's job is. When you get when you clock off at the end of the night, it's kind of the last thing that you want to do is look yes. at a comic. And so, but also, it's, it's a cruel, cruel joke 
because now every company sends me all their books for free and so I just have my desk and I have stacks and stacks and stacks right. as tall as I am that I will just probably never read until I yeah. retire which I never will that's um, a lot of um, you hear that from musicians you sure. hear that from uh, like role playing game designers we yeah. hear that from it's when the hobby becomes the money box yeah you know that shift yeah. happens and yeah. it's, it's hard to yeah like I, I I had to start to try and find new hobbies because my last hobby became a career you know and so I'm like I was like I guess I'll play drums now I don't know I don't know how to monetize that right. um, so yeah I, I will try and read stuff but the other thing is though too is sometimes you don't want to read a lot of stuff sometimes especially when you're taking over a book like um, like a Venom or a Thanos or something like that well no Thanos was different because Thanos I, I didn't I, I, I didn't launch a new number one I took over in an existing run Jeff had written issues 1 through 12 and I was taking over for 13 so in that instance you want to maintain a tone and so you want I, I read all of Jeff's stuff because you don't want it to be that jarring for the reader right. to yeah. go from Jeff to me right um, but in the instance of Venom uh, you know, Mike Costa racked up his entire run, and then we were going to relaunch it with a number one. So sometimes you don't want to read the, the prior run; you want to get the basics so that you go into it, and you're not you're not doing Mike Costa's character. You're doing right. Donnie Cates' version of that character, right? And, uh, and for our viewers or, or listeners, um, that's very true when you're taking over a campaign from somebody. Right. When, you, when you're taking over a game that someone else was running, yeah. know what they ran. But if you're, if you're you know, starting over, you don't have to be beholden to anything yeah. anyone else is Or even before. running NPCs. Yes. You know, like book characters that are in books, and they come into your chronicle or your, your story, you know, your game. Uh, make them yours. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, you know, So I took over uh, Doctor Strange from my favorite writer on the planet, Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron is by far the best writer in comics. And because I love him so much, um, I've been a fan of him since before I was writing comics. So to take over Doctor Strange <laughs> from him was the scariest shit on the planet. Yeah, yeah. But I had to... Every pitch that I started to write, I found myself just... I was just doing an impersonation of Jason because I had read so much of his stuff. Um, and eventually, I talked to my friend Seamus, who's kind of my guru on all these things because he's not in comics or anything. He's just my buddy. Right. And he eventually was just like, well, dude, if they wanted Jason to write it, Jason would still be writing it. They want you to write it. They want Donnie Cates' Doctor Strange. And so if you read my Doctor Strange run, the first panel of the first page is a shot of the sanctum, and it says under new management on it. And I had to do that to, like, put my draw line in the sand and be like, Jason, I love you, yeah. but this is my book now. And right. it was really hard, but that's that's what I learned on that, is if I, if I delve too deep and I'm too beholden, then readers will show up wanting this new, fresh thing, and they'll get more of the last thing. Even though if that last thing was awesome, like Mike Costa's run before me was great, right. but people don't want that. They want my fresh take on things, yeah. right? Um, so it's tough, you know? You don't want to read too much, you know, especially like if you're doing like a creator-owned book that's not a Marvel thing. And so like, you know, let's say you're doing a book that's a, that's a deep sea horror book, which is a thing that I'm doing right now. There's a few other deep sea horror books. And like, I'll talk to people and they're like, oh, do you, do you read low or do you read wake? And I was like, absolutely fucking not. Right. I absolutely will not read those things because I don't want to, I want to put blinders on. You know, I do a book about, about the Antichrist, about a, a, a baby Antichrist, <laughs> but I've never seen seen Rosemary's 
baby, and I've never seen uh, I've never seen any of those. I've, I've never read any of those. Right. People think that I have. And it's like no, I purposely have never watched any of those things because I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know where I'm crossing over or what I'm what I'm well, accidentally stealing. It colors stealing. your lens, of course. Yeah. yeah right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the day that Baby Teeth Teeth is over so I can finally watch Rosemary's <laughs> Baby and find out how much I inadvertently stole, right. you know? Well, what do you think, uh, you know, when you talk about storytelling, what do you feel makes a good story? You know, do you, like, um, obviously every, a good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Obviously, there's some simple things like that. Yeah. But what do you look for to, to make a story compelling? I honestly think that it comes down to having something to say. I, I read a lot of books. Um, people give me books at shows, like up-and-coming writers and creators and stuff, and I read them, and they're just hollow. There's nothing to it. They camp with a, a cool hook, and that's it. I had a, my professor in college, Mark Neese, taught me this the hard way. He, he went around the, the room, and he said, you know, everybody has that, that story that lives inside of them that is like their baby. And he was like, I want to hear everyone's baby story. And so we would go around, and he would... You know, someone would say like, "Oh, it's this, it's this, it's this huge story about these elves and these goblins and all this shit, right?" And he would say, "Okay, well, that sounds cool. What's that story about?" And they would say, "Oh, well, so the elves go on this quest, blah blah blah." And he would say, "You're telling me a plot. What, what is it about?" And like one by one, we all failed this test. And he came to me, and I told him this thing, and he was like, "Right, well, what, what's it about?" And I was like, uh, "Dude, Mark, I'm telling you what it's about." And he's like, "You're telling me plot. What's it about?" And it took me forever to figure out what the fuck he was saying. I was like, "What are you? What are, what are you talking about? I'm telling you what it's about." It's not because the answer to that kind of thing is like what he was looking for was like my book that I pitched him was Ghostly, was my baby at the time, and. Ultimately, I figured it out. He didn't want to know that it was about this secret black ops trucker thing. The answer he was looking for was, it's about hate. It's about, at its core, this is a story about how hate kills you. And about how carrying that hate around will destroy you, right? And so, every book that I've done, for the most part, I've been able to look at books and say that Doctor Strange is about isolation. It's about being uh, um, alone and going through that and finding out in that loneliness who you are, right? Thanos is about greed. It's about hunger. Um, It's about getting to the end of the world and uh, and, and and having everything and that not being enough, right? And so I think every book that I've written, I've strived to try and find not what the plot is, but what it's about, right? right? And I think that every, you know, what you would call an important story and what makes stories tick is that you can take that piece out of it. And you can say, that's a story about love. That's a story about, you know, vengeance, something like that. Is, do you feel that it's important to to have what it's about before you have the plot? No, not at all. I, I you know, I, Ghost Fleet was a book that I wrote, um, and then I wrote it. So when I came up with that story, just as an antidote, the, the when I when I came up with that story, I came up with that story with a buddy of mine, and me and that and, and my friend, he was my best friend. And then through a variety of circumstances, we had a massive falling out, and we no longer speak to each other. Um, wish him all the best, but we—he—he's not an awful big fan of me, and 
vice versa. And so, as a consequence, he gave me his blessing to continue on the story as long as I changed everything. I, I, I keep the core concept, but I got rid of all the stuff that we can't put together, right? Right. So, then I started writing it, and before I knew it, I looked up, and what I had written was a, a story of two partners who betrayed each other. And then one of them started carrying around this hatred for the other one, and that ended up like, destroying his entire life. And I didn't realize any of that shit right. until I was done writing it. And I looked back, and I was like, oh, my God, of course that's what that's, that's about, <laughs> right? And then Buzzkill, my first book I ever wrote, um, it was a book I did for Dark Horse. It was four issues long. It was about a guy who gets powers from drinking and doing drugs, but something happened to him. In the first issue, he's in AA, and he uh, uh, he had to get so powered up, I meaning he had to get so loaded, that he blacked out, and he has no idea what he did. And he, he woke up, an entire city was destroyed, but he was victorious, but he has no idea what happened. Right. And so he's in AA trying to backstep and trying to figure it out, and so he's trying to stay sober. But his villains are trying to come and attack him, uh, but so ultimately it comes down to he can relapse and survive or he can stay sober and die, right? Um, and I wrote that book and then like a year later was hospitalized for drinking. And then I went back and read Buzzkill and I was like, oh yeah, you're an alcoholic. Like where, where do you think that story came from, <laughs> right. dummy? You know, and I remember doing interviews and like doing like the press rounds when Buzzkill came out and people would ask me, people would be very polite and say like, can we ask, are you in AA? Like, cause this, this, this all rings very true. And I was like, nah, I'm just a good writer, man. I just, you know, it didn't come from anywhere. I mean, I'm just really good. It was like, no, you're an alcoholic dummy. <laughs> didn't come from anywhere. So, you know, you. I think everyone ends up doing that. I think the key is is to just try and find yourself in a spot where you can hone in on it, where you can find what you're doing, right? And eventually you'll get to a place where you'll be able to, to key in on it before you start writing stuff. So, like, now that I'm writing on such an accelerated schedule that I am, you know, I, uh, I, I, I kind of pre-plan stuff. I'm writing a book for Marvel... Uh, it'll come out next year that I kind of asked for because I'm going through something in my life right now. Right. And I was like, I need to write that character. Yeah. I need to do that to, to deal with this thing. Um, and so I can kind of, I mean, obviously I'm in a very fortunate spot where I can right. do where that. Ask, yeah. yeah. Um, but you start to key into those, to those, like what, what your story is actually about and you'll get better trained at being able to find it and being able to write around it. Right. Is that why you write? I think so now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think be, before uh, my health thing, right? I was writing because I I just I loved comics and I was trying to have fun and stuff. You know, addicts don't stop becoming addicts. Addicts just become addicted to other shit. And I think before I wanted to write, and I think now I have to write. It's it's my addiction. It's 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 how I find myself in the world. It's how I self. It's a much better health uh, lifeline. It is. Yeah. 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 It pays better. It does. It sure pays better. Yeah. Where do you see your your writing and, and creativity going in the future? Do you think you'll always stay in comics? Or do you think the, the type hope, of stories you write are going to change? I hope I always stay in comics. Yeah. You know? Lately, in the past like six months or so, my you know, my path has started to veer off into TV shows and films and stuff. God Country is a book I wrote that just got uh, bought by... Um, 
legendary. Uh, and so, and I'm writing the screenplay for it. That's great. Um, which is crazy and somewhat rare um, that they're letting me do that, right? right. And, um, you know, if it goes well, then maybe I'll do more of that. Uh, if it goes really poorly, then probably not, right? Because <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm doing and when yeah. it comes to writing a screenplay or anything. Um I don't know. I hope I never leave comics, though. I really, if I find myself and I look up and I'm writing TV shows and films or something like that, and I'm not anywhere near this, I'll be I'll be bummed out. So, if you could give storytellers one piece of advice mm-hmm. about crafting great stories, what mm-hmm. would it be? Um, so, there's this adage that it is that is writers write, right? And I think that people mistake it, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, people think that that adage of, like, writer's right uh, means that you don't do anything else, that you, like, that you write 24 hours a day and you write every single day and you kill yourself writing, right? I don't think it means that. I think what it means is writers don't talk about writing writers write, right? <laughs> and I think that it doesn't matter how often you do it. It doesn't matter, like, you know, how much time you find for writing. Uh, don't talk about writing. Just fucking write. The thing is, is, like, everyone expects to be... Everyone thinks about writing in such a bizarre way. Everyone thinks about it like it's a, a god gives you a gift to be a writer, right? In my experience, every single writer that I know, it is a daily fucking grind. It's really hard. And, you know, no one no one says that about any other craft. No one thinks that, um, you know, uh, 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 like an architect or a plumber or any other thing that you do with your hands, uh, no one thinks of that as a god gave you a talent to be a carpenter or anything. You just, it's something you work at every single day. You know, you're not going to be phenomenal at anything the first go-round, right? Um, if, if anybody wants to be a writer, it's not mysterious. Start putting words in front of each other, you know? And eventually, it, look, your first stuff is going to be garbage, but take solace in the fact that your problems aren't unique. Everyone's shit is terrible. Mine was too. Every single great writer that you know started out like you and is great because they started out like you. Yes. You know? Um, it's it's so it's baffling to me. People come up to me all the time and say that I want to break into comics, but I don't know how. Um, the answer is start making comics. You know, you don't need to pass the bar. There's not like a committee that a- approves you or anything. As you can't as, go be an intern at Marvel. Yeah, I mean, just just go and as soon as you make a comic, you're a professional comic book maker. Right. It's just all it is after that is varying degrees of attention. Yeah. You know, uh, I have more attention now, but I was no more, I was no less of a comic book writer than when I made my first Ashcan than I am now. Right. The job never changes. Like no matter how big the job quote unquote gets with like Marvel or any of these things or writing a movie or anything like that I'm still in my sweatpants at home on my laptop <laughs> the shit has never changed I one time I told you it was okay for me to stay in my PJ you damn right it is <laughs> that's the benefit of the job yeah like the, the attention and the fame and the money and all that stuff mm-hmm. is whatever it's sweatpants yep. right sweatpants sleep 
sleeping in and sweatpants. Those are that, that's the king's ransom of becoming a writer. <laughs> well, we really, really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Um, if you could tell people to go out and pick up one thing that you've written that oh. you'd really like them to discover you with, uh, what would you what would you recommend they go you know get their taste of of Donny Cates? Oh, get God Country or get uh, Thanos Wins. Those are the two things I'm very proud of. Awesome. All right, thank you so much. We really yeah. appreciate. Thanks, Sal. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. All of the thoughts and opinions expressed on the Honor Roll podcast belong to just those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Oh, <laughs> oh,